What do you want to talk about today? Because <clears throat> it's very early in the morning. Very early. And I've lost a voice, and now I'm just getting it back, so what better thing to do than to do a podcast show? <laughs> yeah, most likely I may have to cancel tonight, but my voice is feeling a little better. It's just, it's been really hoarse. Now, I blame you. No. 100%. No. I said, don't get me sick. Don't get me sick. And I did a show at the Borgata, and the following day was Thanksgiving. And within those couple days, Karen got really hoarse and sounded really sick. Lost my voice. And I said, don't you dare get me sick. I thought it, I thought she was, I thought she was just, I yelling. thought you were hoarse just from yelling <laughs> no. at the Borgata, like over, the, you know, during the show talking and maybe lost your voice there. Yeah, no. No, it's had a it, cough. It starts with a very bad cough. Still have the cough. Mm-hmm. And um it's everything I don't want. And I told you I don't want that that particular cough because that's the worst because you're always hacking something up. Ew. And it's usually yeah, it's it's horrible and it's usually green or something. It's Ew. just you, you feel it coming out. It, it's it's just disgusting. Don't be so descriptive. It it's disgusting. And you um I didn't get you sick, though. I got it somewhere. Well. I got I got it somewhere. I can mute this and call. <coughs> I, I didn't cough. I didn't mute yours. Oh, sorry. So everyone heard you cough. <laughs> we watched a few things last night. We're, we're, we're starting to real. I'm starting to get really hooked on the uh, um, Unpolished on TLC. And we, we delved into it a little bit. Last last time, and we talked about it. the uh, The basic star of the show is Lexi, and their last name again. What was their last name? I forget. Martoni. 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 I'm. I'm a big fan. I'm. I'm not a big. I well. I would watch Jerry Springer. <laughs> to make me feel good. Yeah. Well, that's usually why I watch you know, reality TV. I used to watch it. I used to watch it with my with my son, and if we had nothing to do in the afternoon, and it's on, and I I just see these horror Eternity shows. Test. No, these, these. Well, yeah, that was that was um, Maury, but I would watch these horror shows and see how these these parents and children dynamics were. I have to say. Then Jerry Springer took over Maury because he does the, you're the father, you're not the father. Jerry Springer does that now. Okay, well, that was yeah. originally a Maury. Mm. That was a Mopo show. Because mm. um, he would say, you are the father. And I would see how hor- horrible some of these people were towards, you know, the fact that they, they could be parents. Mm-hmm. and And just... The dynamics and just the dynamics between siblings and and boyfriend and girlfriend fights and stuff and just make me a little happier about my life. But there's also the aspect in me that loves to be the fly on the wall to see how successful people live. You know, you can watch the Kardashians. Some people watch it for the train wreck that is. Some people watch (laughs) it for this. But when I watch it, I can't see it that way. I, I see what they're they're doing cosmetically to themselves that I I just I don't I don't agree with I think it's just it's it's just not 
they're, they're beautiful young women and they disfigure themselves in a way, you know, with, with too much of this, too, too, too much of that. And, but other than that, I watch it to see how successful people handle things. You know, you're not going to say that there's, there's no one more successful than the Kardashians and how they run that show. And I sit there and I watch, and I think that's something that more women should get from the show rather than watching it like, Oh, what's she wearing? What's she wearing? It's like, look what she's doing with those, you know, okay. She's wearing something goofy, but look, look at the substance of it. She's got a journal in her hand the whole time. She's writing something the whole time. She's on the phone. It's business. She's moving and shaking. I think men and They're women, definitely money makers. Exactly. And you could sit on the couch and watch it and bitch about just watching these people living a life. Or you could do try doing what they're doing, and that's what I like about this show, Unpolished. I, I was going to get, I had a segue, and that was the segue. <laughs> it was going to lead me to this road to Unpolished, to watch this this girl, Lexi Martone. Um, like I said before, the show is kind of like Jersey Shore meets American Chopper because you know they're, they're customizing stuff, and I loved American Chopper for the, really the dynamic of the father and son dynamic, but also looking at how they build things and how they create things. One of the things they do on, um, on unpolished is they, they really show how this, this woman, just this Lexi Martone comes up with these amazing out of the box creations and they're stylists for nails. She does. Yeah. She does the nails. She does the nails and they're stylists. And what I love is, these are people that are just doing something that most girls just do in their bedroom on a Friday night. You know, they're just doing their nails, they're doing their hair, but they do it in such a way that's so out of the box that they can have a very lavish and lucrative life doing it. And there's there's no denying that there's always something there for people to, you know, there's a price on everything. And if, they came down here. I don't think they'd be in business very long. No. You know, because what they offer is a style that is all New York and all North Jersey. Yeah. You know, but you can't say that you can't make a living, a good living doing that. And she does these creations with, with magnets and, and with ink. ink uh, she had a printable uh, 3d printer, mm-hmm. one of those 3d printer pens. Mm-hmm. And as a woman, what do you think of this? <laughs> I personally would never get my nails done the way she does them. Um, I like. Would the, there be an event, uh, one event where you would think, no, she would do something really cool? Um, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe I don't. Uh, Okay, I, well, I think how about, I'm more plain Jane with my about, nails. How about having Foxy like, do your hair? I like no. That would be a hard no. <laughs> that would. She likes to tease, and she I loves am, to tease. She may I be am, just a one trick pony. She may be the only one because that may be her thing, like yeah, a tease yeah. and a blowout or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm way past that. I don't use the whole can of hairspray. Um, that was in the. Late 80s, early 90s. Well, she said she is stuck in the 80s and never came out. Yeah. And good for her. Thank God I came out. 
and good for her. You know, the birds fly over their over her house and they they just die. It, it, but it's a beautiful house. They all. She's responsible for the uh, the uh, ozone layer. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I thought it, I thought it was me back oh. in the eighties, but no, yeah. she's she's no. It's I think it's her. She's carrying the torch. Yeah. She's carrying the torch. Her her house is probably highly flammable. <laughs> now does she live? I don't with know. them because they I all seem to so. live together. No, Foxy lives on her own. Yeah, I don't think she lives with them. So, so they all live together with the boyfriends. I it, it appears that way, but I don't know like if the that's, boyfriends are just or they're, they're just or they're staying just over. there because they're filming. Yeah, I don't. I'm not I sure. Really. Yeah, and it, it's uh, Lexi and was it Brianna? Bria. 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 She's going with Matt. Yes. He was trying to get his life back together, but keeps screwing up. He got his life back together for a day on no, Bria's birthday was, and proposed it, and then got drunk that night, that it was, afternoon. It was 30 days. He was clean for 30 days. And, uh, well, he obviously wants to be make a change, and he's he's driving with a breathalyzer so they can, which is cool technology. They, he breathes into a breathalyzer and it sends it. Uh, it all the information it, yeah. and metrics out to whoever needs to get it. And if if it shows that he's been lapsing, they, the proper authorities are called. In this case, his girlfriend. And his mother. And, and, and his mother. <laughs> <laughs> you probably want to deal with the cops before you want to deal with them. So I'm really getting into th- that and watching the creations and seeing how um, – what I, what I really like about Lexi is I've done things for clients. And once you work really hard on something, they want something else changed. You deal with it. And they want something changed. Yeah. And it kind of turns you off to even wanting to do this as a business, as a business because you don't want to deal with the changes and the demands and stuff. Lexi's like, look, I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. Right. You're going to pay me for my taste, my input. And deal with it now. Mm-hmm. You don't like it, go to someone else. And people are going to like it. Be- even if they don't, they'll like it because they can go to their friends and say, it's a Lexi Marteau nail. Mm-hmm. And and f- for for that alone, I like that kind of freedom to just do your thing. Someone's going to ask me to do something. Well, I say it's Wuzzy Wig. It's what you see is what you get. And I'm not going to change for you. I'm going to, this is what what I do. <laughs> Are you okay over there? You're choking. I'm good. Okay. Still with this stupid cough. Now, aside from that, I will try to get these people on the show as, <laughs> as guests. Okay. At, at least Lexi, because I think she's amazing. I, and I just, I just love her talent and, and just her attitude with everything. But, but the whole show is fun to watch. Now, after that, we watched something last night that was really, really cool. It was, it's, um, it's on... A&E, it's Garth Brooks' biography. It's called, called Garth Brooks' The Road I'm On, mm-hmm. and it really went in-depth. The only thing I don't like about broadcast television is, is every five minutes you got to have a commercial. Yeah. And there are certain networks like Hallmark and, and A&E that would just drag a show just, just for the – It com- was part one and part two. It was part so. one and part two. It moved pretty fast. Um, I think if they didn't have commercials, it could go in even more detail. But just to be a fly on the wall with him in the studio and just, just watching him. What what they really addressed, one of the things they addressed that I was really happy they did was they, they brought up the whole Chris Gaines thing. 
And I've been a fan of, of the Chris Gaines album. And I understood it. And I understood it then that he was just doing a, being a character for a soundtrack for an up-and-coming movie that just never got the funding, never got the, the backing, and just never went anywhere. So now Garth Brooks, he's stuck there, you know, you know, peeing in the wind with, with his you know, thing. I just left to, to think, well, what do I do now? I've, I've just made a fool of myself. But in reality, I got it. I knew what it was about. And to hear him talk about it, it's Trisha Yearwood's favorite Garth Brooks album, which, which is interesting. But it's just a very good album. It's produced by Don Was. I was, I was always a fan of that record. What am I hearing now? What was it? Ice Machine. I guess, yeah. Was that the Ice Maker? The microphones are that good that we're hearing the Ice Maker in in, in, in Studio A of, <laughs> of the kitchen that, that we're in. Uh, another thing that was fascinating, he had his girls. Well, first of all, the fact that him and his ex shared the kids every day after for they, 14 years after, after they divorced. Divorced, but, yeah. Um, you'd have them one day, they'd have the kid the next day. That calendar had to be crazy. Yeah. This one's got soccer practice. This one's got that. But at some point, he had the girls, just him and his three daughters, you know, the oldest, I guess, wouldn't even be in their 20s at that time because the youngest was 12 when when they started doing this bridge. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They started building yeah, a they bridge. Were, they made when- a 60-foot compression bridge. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I'm trying to remember when they when they got divorced. I think she said they were eight, six, and four. Yeah, but at some point, as the girls got older, yeah. he had them build over this the, bridge. Yeah, over the summer, <coughs> made them get up early in the mm-hmm. morning, and they worked. And that's what they did. They they built this bridge. He said he was going to pay them. That's 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 it. Yeah. Yeah, he paid. He them. paid them. And the oldest daughter said. He paid them five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and she never cashed the check. She never cashed it. Yeah, but the bridge is amazing. You know, it, it's it's one thing. Yeah, we did this. We we went on a, on a spirit trek or something, and we went hiking and we went camping. And, and she caught her fish or yeah. something. But these 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 chicks made a bridge, and all <laughs> I could think about is this is something that a typical guy would probably do. With twenty of his friends, with in in the course of three months, with six packs and pizza and and a whole bunch of stuff, he did it with with four ch- with three children, three girls, three girls, you know, and and that was just amazing. Then and then he he, you know, when you're in a circle, George Harrison said this best, you know, and with regards to Beatlemania, he said that. We never changed, but everyone around us went nuts. And and that's how it is. And that's how Garth was perceiving everything around in, in his life. You know, he's Garth. He's just doing his thing. So when, when a promoter comes and asks, hey, do you want to do Dublin, Ireland? Because you're really big there. He's like, are you sure you want me to do that? Or if you want to sell out Central Park... You know, are you sure you want me to do that? And and this this was another coup on on just management. It was the president of EMI at the time because EMI owned Capitol Records. And this is how you we on deal. You go to Garth Brooks and say, 
would you ever think about doing Central Park? And he's like, no, I can't fill that. I've seen what Simon and Garfunkel do. I can't do that. Okay. And then he goes to HBO and says, look, I got Garth Brooks and uh, Central Park involved. Would you be interested if, if I can get a show with them? And HBO's like, yeah. So now he's got at least one in. Now he'll go to Central Park. Look, I got HBO and Garth Central Brooks. Park and Garth Brooks in. Would you be in you know, to having this concert? And, and Central Park's like, well, yeah, if HBO and Garth Brooks is in, I'll do it. And then from there, he goes to Garth and says, look, Central Park and HBO want to do a special with you. Would you do it? And that's the, that's the out-of-the-box thinking you need to get successful. That's what I... I I can love. I love that stuff. Evil Knievel did the same thing. He did the same thing for Caesar's Palace. He figured if he could jump the fountains of Caesar's, Caesar's Palace on New Year's Eve in like 68 or 60, 1969, he'd be famous. It would get him so much attention. He was famous with you, wasn't he? <laughs> I loved Evil Knievel. But this is what he did. He called up the... Um, president of Caesar's palace and said, I'm, you know, I'm Lon Harry from this sports center network or this uh, newspaper. Uh, it's my understanding. That there's a, a fellow named Evel Knevel who, who wants to jump the fountains. Who's a daredevil wants to jump the fountains of Caesar's palace. What do you have to say about this? He's like, I don't know anything about this. So then he calls the guy back up again says, you know, this is Sam Donaldson with ABC News. It's my understanding that there's uh, an evil, Nikeevil character who uh, is a daredevil, wants to jump Caesar's Palace. What, do you, what are your views on this? He says, I don't know anything about this. He calls him up again. Each time he's, he's screwing up his own name and saying he's someone else. Right. And then the last time he calls up, the president says, Hi, I'm, I'm Evil Knievel. And the president's like, I've been looking for you. I've gotten so many calls about you. And and within a, a week, they had it all planned out. And he was on Johnny Carson. And, and that was it. It just took thinking outside the box and making, uh, you know, just, just going out of your comfort zone. We talked about. It was I, before Google. It was before Google when you would have, have people search <laughs> search you and you, you could bullshit a little better yeah. with, with without Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What did you get out of it? Because I, I got a lot of things out of that show. Well, I love Garth Brooks. So, mm-hmm. so um, and I cried, ha- ha- you know. Well, he's a mush. Yeah, he is a he mush. He's a super mush. And I cried a lot watching I saw it. You, I saw you wiping the tears. Yeah, I cried a lot watching it. Mm-hmm. He's a very emotional person. Well, especially um, about his mom. Yeah. Well, um, he was the first country concert I ever went to, which was amazing. But but that that should I I would say that was the first concert legitimate concert you would go to because because I don't think you were exposed to real rock shows or anything because if you would you would be like wow this this is amazing and Garth Brooks puts on a, an amazing I, show I didn't listen for, to country I but, did but not Garth, like country you know music aside the show he puts on is if. You know, there's Kiss DNA in it, and it's just an amazing show that he puts on. He puts on this amazing show, period. So not only would would I consider it, if that's your first show, I wouldn't even, con- I would not only consider it the best country concert, but the best concert, because that, that, 
that's what inducted you into seeing, right? You know, concerts. I knew not one other than um, Friends in Low Places. I I knew not one other Garth Brooks song. I don't think um, you need to if if you're uh, in but an environment. I bought, I bought the CD. Yeah, if you're and in... I knew every single word for that concert. Oh, you I bought s- it for the concert. Yes. Okay. So that I would know what songs he was playing, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I I played the CD a couple times, and uh, I sang right along with him. So that. Did you have One, cowboy boots on? No, I did not have cowboy little boots cowboy on. Little cowboy hat? Um, no, I didn't. Not at that point, no. No, I didn't. That would look nice. Yeah, I, did. I, didn't, do that for, <laughs> I didn't do that for that concert, no. no. But, uh, and like I said, that concert was like crazy. It was so cheap because he didn't want to, he wanted people to be able to go see him. Yeah, um, well, that was also in the early 90s, and yeah. everybody was, you know, there was such an issue over tic- tickets and Ticketmaster and it was, what was uh, happening. I want to say it was probably mid nineties because I know um, I know I had Ashley, um, so it was. I'd be interested to know when it was, but it was definitely mid to mid to later nineties. Well, you could you could do it easy and scale down production. And just and still just him give the show he's given, mm-hmm. you know when the Eagles play, you know those prices were crazy, but you have four guys that are just standing there doing nothing. To just in fact, Glenn Fry said we get paid for loitering. <laughs> you just stand there doing nothing, so you have to pay for the production to compensate the experience. Right. So you're you're doing extra sound, extra lighting, extra staging, where. Garth can actually limit the staging and lighting. And since he's so energetic on stage. He's like all over the place. You know, everything constructed can be right there on the stage where he doesn't need to build any big risers or anything. It was right there on the stage, the drum ramps and everything. So he could just do whatever he needs to do to to do his show. And he can cut some corners that way. But and back in the '90s, that was such a big deal. Pearl Jam had a big fight with Ticketmaster, um, and I think it cost them in the end because they wouldn't do certain shows, and you know they they weren't making as much. But I, I think, and I don't know whatever happened with the whole Ticketmaster thing, but they do gouge prices crazy, it's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. All their fees and mm-hmm. <laughs> especially you know. There was a time when you had to process and you had to do this and do that, and that was done manually. Mm-hmm. But it's all, auto- it's all automated. Yeah. So you know you're, you're really paying for just the computer to process something. Or they don't even print tickets half the time anymore. They exactly. send it to your phone. So it's not even costing paper. No. The medical industry mailing does that. anything. They do it with with X rays and stuff. They they don't even really need to print things out on the X ray right. film. It comes up on the screen and. Yeah, I move that. That can take me onto a rant for another <laughs> another four episodes there, but yeah, I saw where he was able to just do a show and do a great show, and I can I can imagine his show and him being so fresh and people just embracing him that it was good that you learned the songs, but because not only would his show just not only be a good show where he puts on a good show. 
but it's the experience. As soon as he plays a guitar chord that everyone knows, it's it's the roar of the crowd, mm-hmm. you know, hearing this. It's him stopping the music and letting, you know, 20,000 people or 50,000 people sing along with mm-hmm. with with this. And it's just that roar. It, it, that's, it's all those things that made me want to be a musician. And and to hear him at, at the peak of all this and just saying, yeah, I can't do this. I can't do this because other people are raising my kids and... Yeah, I, I need to be a dad, and he could afford to do that, and and, and he did. Yeah, and 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 good for him. You know, there's um, there's not too many that would do that. I don't think. No, that's it's, the thing. It's like, hard. They, I don't know if I would do that. Yeah, they just walk away, and you know, but he made the right yeah. choice. But yeah, you don't miss it after a while, especially when you know what you're doing is more fun mm-hmm. and can be more fun. You know, I, I I mean, he had the luxury of doing it because in in the time span mm-hmm. that you know he was away from them that he missed out on, you know. But those are the years you don't want to miss out on. No, yeah. you, you, <laughs> I, well, you don't you want to miss out don't on any miss, years, right? You but, don't want to miss those, out those little baby years. Yeah, they're only little ones. I know, little little shoulders and stuff. Yeah. One of the other cool things he talked about was his Super Bowl show. And what what was the name of that song? It was uh, it was in response to the Rodney King things. It was his his own "We Shall Overcome." We shall song. be free. We shall be free. Yeah. And NBC had a deal with him. Look, we will play this song for you. And it was, I wouldn't call it a politically correct song, but it was a song to raise awareness for issues that you know many politically correct organizations are are crusading for you know it was, it was gay rights it was it was racial equality all all that all that stuff and he's doing this back in the early 90s and he said you know the stuff I'm doing not only was this relevant then but it's even more relevant now and NBC didn't want the controversy it caused controversy because you know country is the country audience is predominantly conservative. It's it's you know the Bible Belt, it's Midwest, it's it's Middle America, and they, you know, the, some of the strict conservatives you have who who just can't accept you know Joe Olstein and stuff. You know people like these who just cannot accept homosexuality or you know and not that they don't accept it, but they they believe from what they've read and, and you know. They, they they believe that the Bible says this and this and that. And Garth, Garth is saying, no, just love. You know, I don't care if you're gay or you're black or you're white or you're blue. And I, I, I was starting to laugh because Mitch Hedberg, this comedian I'm listening to now, talks about that. You know, I don't care if you're black or white or blue, but you should. Because if you're blue, you're suffocating and you're dying. And I don't <laughs> think blue people should be on this earth. <laughs> But but that's what I was thinking. But he said, you know, they reneged on their negotiation. He was about to stop. He was going to sing the national anthem. He was going to sing the national anthem. And he's like, look, you got to play my video first. That's what we agreed on. And they're like, no. So he's like, well, then I don't do, you know, I'm putting my clothes, street clothes on leaving. And his street clothes were not thug life clothes. You know, they're, they're like just sweatpants in this, you know, University of Texas 
pullover. <laughs> but I loved it. I love the story that, that he's like, I'm, I'm done. I ain't doing this anymore. Yeah, I'm just going to walk away. I'm walk away right now in the Super Bowl. And they're like, look, he's, he's getting in the car. He's going to get a damn taxi. And it, they wound up, he said he heard Bob Casas over the loudspeaker, you know, that the broadcast saying, okay, now we're going to play Garth Brooks video. So good for him. I, I love that when, you know, when you get these little bait and switches and you stick to your guns and say, no, I'm done. And with that, we're done. And you can get Karen, contact Karen for her custom vinyl company embellished at embellished by Karen Lynn. And you are busy making balls and all kind of Christmas decorative <laughs> ornaments right now. Yep. And you can find her at KT embellished at Comcast.net. And you can find nice me. Nice plug there, Dan. Yeah. Nice plug. That's what we do. And you can find me at danmorrow.com. Now I don't have to do the social media stuff anymore. But I do have to say this. M-A-R-R-O. Danmorrow.com. I am Dan Morrow, and this is the beautiful Carolyn. I'm just going to stare at her for a little bit. Stop We're just going to end this show with me just looking at her real quick. Okay. Have a moment of silence for, for me to look at her. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.